Happy New Year. Let me say it one more time. Happy New Year. Oh, good. You're awake and you're happy to be in Canada. Uh, you think, of, think of where you could be right now. You could be in, uh, on the coast of England right now or Britain experiencing flooding. And there's so many places you could be. So we've got to be thankful today, right? Because all we have to do is face what we've been facing for, well, some of us for over 50 years. Ice cold weather. We're glad you're here, and we're glad that you're prepared to face what God has for you in this future. 2014 can be the very best year of your life, and I'm going to show you how in just a few moments. Before we get into that, let me just uh, pick up on a little of what was said in that video clip. 80% of those who make resolutions on January the 1st will have given them up by Valentine's Day. Did you know that? How many have made some uh, New Year's resolutions? A few, few people just kind of like that to me. If, uh, most of you haven't bothered trying. You can't be bothered anymore. Well, you're, you're smart, because the fact of the matter is, is psychologists, sociologists tell us that they just don't work. And nutritionists tell us that two-thirds of those who set uh, weight goals will in fact uh, uh, gain back all the, all the weight that they've lost, they'll gain it back within a year. So it's, it doesn't look very promising. And uh, I read further that those who have uh, coronary bypass surgery will fall back into their old bad habits within two years of their surgery. So you'd think that, uh, you know, we're, most of us are you know, relatively smart and capable intellectually, you would think that we would know what was good for us and what was bad for us and that we would be able to make decisions based on what was best for us. And the sad fact of the matter is, is that we so often make wrong choices. Why do we do that? Why do we make these choices that, that actually harm us and don't help us? You know, many of us have set goals for our lives, and because we have failed, because we haven't been able to meet our goals, it has thrown us into something of a depression. We feel uh, we failed God, we failed people, we failed ourselves, and sadly, we go back to those old defeating habits, and we end up doing the things that we promised ourselves we wouldn't do anymore, and so becomes a terrible cycle of trying to get out of the ruts staying out of the rut for a while and then falling back into the rut and going back and sometimes even getting worse than what we were at. So this morning I want to talk to you about how we can get it right, how we can get our, our lives on track, how we can live the life that God wants us to live. And before we can talk about how to live this life that God wants us to live, what we're going to have to do is, first of all, understand human nature. So I'm going to give you the secret to human nature and it's this, we all do what we want to do. How many know that? That doesn't sound too profound. But it is extremely profound because it affects how we live our lives from day to day. We always do what we want to do. Look at this quote from Thomas Cranmer. He's a great Reformation uh, theologian. And here's what he says. Can you turn this off? This is, is blinking like a strobe light. What the heart loves, the will chooses. How about reading that with me? Would you do that? What the heart loves, the will chooses. 
and the mind justifies. The mind doesn't direct the will. The mind is actually captive to what the will wants. And the will itself, in turn, is captive to what the heart wants. This is revolutionary thinking. Now, I'll tell you how revolutionary it is. Uh, This was said somewhere between uh, 1489 and 1556. These were words spoken by this Reformation theologian, Thomas Cranmer, who was actually the uh, uh, Archbishop of Canterbury. I think most people have heard of that. He understood what goes on in the human mind. He understands what goes on in the human heart. And here's what he knows. He knows that whatever, whatever the heart loves, that is what the heart will do. That's what the mind will do. And the mind will even justify it. So, let's just give this guy a minute here. Can we give a hand to these guys that put the furniture on here every week? Thank you so much. Appreciate that so much. Once in a while we have tech problems. Appreciate these guys so much. The mind does not direct the will. So you could sit there and you can, you can set for yourself these, these grand and great resolutions. I'm going to lose 100 pounds this year. Uh, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. And, and some people would have you believe that just because you pronounced it, just because you spoke in those words, just because you uttered the words and you spoke in them into, you speak it into being, it's just simply not true. What needs to happen is that your heart needs to be aligned with the heart of God. Your will needs to be aligned with the will of God. I'm going to tell you this morning the secret to becoming all that God wants you to become, the secret to overcoming whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life is going to happen only if and when you align your heart with the heart of God. Some of you know that my all-time favorite verse is Matthew 6.33. And how does it go? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then what? All these things shall be added unto you. Absolutely. What, what are we saying here? And you've heard me say this many times. What we're saying is that in order for you to advance, in order for you to change, in order for you to enjoy transformation in your life, it's not going to come because you cleverly came up with some great goals or that you cleverly came up with some great resolutions. It's not going to become, it's not going to be because you have put yourself in a position where you're hearing some great motivational speeches and, and, and messages. What transforms you people is when your heart and your mind is aligned with the heart and the mind of God. This is Christianity 101. And for whatever reason, we forget this over and over and over again. And it's why you and I face defeat in our lives over and over and over again. It's why we fail. It's why we make mistakes. It's why we we get off track. It's because we forget that in order for us to grow strong, we need to align ourselves with God. Now, I just want to declare something here today. Because I know some people think that what God wants is for you to be happy and God wants you to be successful and God wants to bless you. And, and, and on some level, God wants to do that. But here's what God wants most for your life. Here's the thing that, that God has got all the angels of heaven and the power of the Holy Spirit backing this up. 
The one goal that God has for you is that you become like Jesus. Does that make sense this morning? That's all it is that God wants. God wants you to become like Jesus. Now listen to this. As you become like Jesus, this is when your life starts to fall into line with his purposes and his plans. This is when you begin to experience the happiness that your heart craves. This is when you begin to experience the peace that your soul craves. This is when you begin to experience a clear sense of direction in your life. One of the things I have people ask me all the time is, Pastor, what's God's will for my life? And my, my response to that is this, is did you do your devotions today? Because here's what, here's what you need to understand, and it goes back to that very first habit that we were talking about in the seven habits. Is that God has called you and I to a relationship with him, whereby we walk with him day by day. And as you walk with God day by day, and you are in conversation with him day by day, this is, this is when God shows you his will and his plan for your life. This is when your life begins to start making sense. This is when things begin to change. This is when you begin to be transformed. Look what Paul says to the Philippians in chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. He says, work hard. These are believers in the city of Philippi he's speaking to. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And some of you who are more familiar with the authorized version, you'll know that it's the verse that says, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Basically, what Paul is telling the Philippians is that you've got to align yourself with the mind and the will of God. In other words, the day that you became a Christian, you said, Lord Jesus, you're going to be the Lord of my life, and I'm going to do what you want me to do. Paul is saying here, that's exactly how you need to live. Live your life in such a way that your mind, your heart, your will is is aligned with that of God. And then it goes on to say this in verse 13. For God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So here's what you and I need to understand about ourselves. You and I do not have the power or the ability to change ourselves. Or if we do, it's only maybe in one or two areas, and we stumble and fumble in all the other areas. Some of you know that. You sat here today, and in some areas, things are two thumbs up. But in every other area, it's two thumbs down, and if there were any more thumbs around, they'd have to go down as well. God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to live a blessed life. He wants your life to prosper. But folks, this is the fruit of a strong relationship with him, of a daily walking with him. And so we recognize that God's still speaks today, and his Holy Spirit is still at work today. So here's what God does in order to transform us. Here's how he changes us from day to day. He speaks to us, and then he leads us by his Holy Spirit. He speaks to us, and then leads us by his Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at that for a moment. God still speaks to us today. In the summer, when our family was down in Fargo, we went to the Barnes & Noble bookstore. 
It's why, I, it's why we don't go to Grand Forks, because they don't have a Barnes & Noble. We just carry on for another hour. My family puts up with this, with this extra hour of driving. And we get, to, we, get to, we get to go to Fargo, and I get to go to the Barnes & Noble bookstore and get to see all the books that haven't made it to Canada. Yes, yes, that's, that's what I love. And one of the books I came across is a book called One Word That Will Change Your Life. As I began to read the book, I got to tell you, it was not a profound book in the sense that there weren't lots of pithy sayings and lots of things that were, uh, you know, just aha moments. It wasn't like reading Dickens or something uh, or, or the Bible. It was just a simple little book with a simple idea that really could have been probably put into a pamphlet. But they made a book out of it. I was intrigued by the cover because here's what you need to understand, that I as a pastor who, in the, who is in the business of trying to lead people in transformation, leading people to become like Jesus so they would be transformed. This book caught my eye. One word that will change your life. Basically what it's saying is rather than setting many, many resolutions for yourself, what you need to do is you need to get focused on one thing in your life. Rather than trying to multitask in your personal growth and development, get focused on one thing, one area that needs to change. And I knew instantly, I knew instantly what my word was. And I'll tell you what my word is in just a moment. But basically what they're saying in this book is that everybody, everybody should look for that one word, one word, one thing, a word that, that encapsulates and describes the transformation that needs to take place in your life. I knew instinctively this was, this was right on the money. And I knew that God was speaking to me at that very moment. Now here's what you need to know today. God is still in the business of speaking to his people. Does everybody know that today? Some people think that God does not speak anymore, that somehow when the, when, the, when the revelation, the full canon of the scripture came together, that was the end of any extra revelation. Look, I'm not saying that, that what God says to you on a daily basis would be added to the scripture. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, however, is that God wants to lead you day by day and instruct you day by day and teach you day by day. He's got something fresh for you day by day. God wants to speak to you. That's for so many of us. Our Christianity has become dull and boring because it's been a long time since we've heard God speak into our hearts. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, let me give you a for instance. I got a, when the typhoon hit the Philippines, I got a call from my friend, Glenn Gose. He said, Pastor, we got to do something. So I said, well, let's, let's have lunch or breakfast together. We went to Denny's and we got chatting about it. We talked about, about what we could do as a church. And I said, okay, what about the amount? What do you feel God's saying to your heart? And uh, he said, I think God's saying $5,000. I said, I said, I think that's what God's speaking into my heart as well. And so we were going to go then to church on Sunday and tell everybody that a week from Sunday we were going to take up an offering for, uh, for $10,000 or for $5,000. But then in the course of the week, he phoned me up. He said, Pastor, Alan, something's, something's just nudging me. It's nagging me. And I think that, I think that, that we're supposed to do more. I think we need to aim for 10000 And I got excited. And I said, I'm so excited about that. That's what I love to hear. I love a great challenge. I, I know that God's still in the business of, of doing miracles. And it will be a miracle if we can come up with ten grand on a Sunday for a special offering. Well, guess what happened, folks? 
We took up the offering, and we didn't get $5,000. And we didn't get just $10,000. We got $15,000. Now, listen. This happened because at some point in the course of Brother Glenn's day, God spoke to him and said, we need to do something. And God spoke to us about what it is that we needed to do. And so now, not only are we able to, to work with the Jesus Reigns Ministries, which, which is one of our partner ministries, uh, but we were also able to do something for the family that's represented right here in this church, Hope for the Island. And we were able to raise enough money to build for them a bunker against the storms. So they've got money right now in their account, and, and they're ready now to start building a special bunker that will protect them against the storm. That's what God spoke into my heart. How many know today that God is still in the business of speaking? And he wants to speak to you every day. He wants to guide you every day. I'm going to tell you, when you're in the habit of hearing the voice of God, when you're in the habit of listening to what God wants to say to you, this is when the Christianity becomes very exciting. It becomes thrilling. No longer is it just a religion. It becomes what it's supposed to be a relationship with Almighty God. God wants you to walk with him day by day, and he wants to talk with you day by day. Anybody remember the old hymn? I go to the garden alone. And the chorus goes, and he, I'm not going to sing it like this, and he, and he, he you know this hymn, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. Folks, this is the Christian life. This is the Christian faith. This is what it means to be a believer. It means that you have a relationship with God where he speaks to you every day. You say, Pastor, every day? Absolutely every day. That's the first habit. And he doesn't just talk to you through the word of God, but he talks to you moment by moment. Decision by decision. And as you're making a decision, you're going to know in your heart what you need to do and what you shouldn't do. How many know what I'm talking about? You know what you should do. You know what you shouldn't do. Why? Because the Spirit of God is working in you and speaking to you. I cannot, I I could keep you here all day, actually. I could tell you, I could keep you here all day telling you story after story after story of the ways that God has spoken to me and revealed his purpose and his will and done miracles because I was willing to listen. I'm gonna tell you, this is what brings, brings joy and excitement to this walk with God. Now, the Bible's full of stories of people that God spoke to. In fact, if you look from Genesis to Revelation, you know what you're gonna find? You're gonna find account after account after account of people whom God spoke to. People who were listening to God. How many know that God spoke to Adam and Eve? In fact, the Bible describes a wonderful relationship between God and Adam and Eve where they would walk together in the garden. And God spoke to Adam and Eve. And what did God tell Adam and Eve? Among the many things he said, here's one thing we do know. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. On that day that you eat of that tree, you're going to surely die. Now, here's what, here's what happens to all of us. God speaks to us. And then we have to make a decision. Am I going to cooperate with God or not? 
Am I going to do what God wants me to do or not? Folks, here now is why it's so utterly important that God gets a hold of your heart. Here's why it's so utterly important that your heart is aligned with the heart of God. Thomas Cramer says, what the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. The mind does not direct your will, your heart does. And if your heart is not 100% love with God, if your heart is somehow fragmented, and you love God and you love other things, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to hear the voice of God, and you're not going to be doing what God wants you to do. You will sometimes, but you're not going to do it all the time. And here's what I know for sure, is that when you're not constantly doing what God wants you to do, this is when you and I get into trouble. And you know that. Some of you are sitting here today, and you're saying, boy, I got into trouble. 2013, a lot of trouble. And I know I got into trouble because I didn't listen to the voice of God. my, My heart was fractured. I love God, but I loved other things too. That's when we get into trouble. The mind doesn't direct the will. The mind is actually captive to what the heart wants. And if your heart wants God more than anything else, that's when you begin to experience an alignment of your heart with the heart of God, your mind with the mind of God. That's why, this is why Jesus says, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's gotta be number one in your life. It's gotta be the only thing in your life. Because when it is, that's when you begin to experience the blessing, the joy, the peace, all the things that your hearts crave. Are you in trouble here today? You come to church and life's not good right now. Problems in your marriage, problems in your family, problems at work, I don't know. Maybe just it's a, it's a personal, private thing between you and God. Things aren't good. The good news is, is God wants to speak to you today. God's got a word for you today. God wants to speak something into your heart. And what you need to do is you need to say, yes, Lord, yes. That will be my focus for 2014. God spoke to Adam and Eve. And they obeyed at first. They listened at first. And then the serpent came along and tempted. Can I just remind everybody, you will all be tempted You are all being tempted. I am tempted. We're all tempted constantly. And here's here's what happens. If your heart and mind are not aligned with the will of God, then you are in trouble. That's the beginning of big trouble for you. Eve listens to the serpent, and she decides in her heart she actually wants what the serpent is offering. And what is a serpent offering? He's saying, if you eat the fruit, you will be like God. And she likes the idea. Besides, the fruit looks good to eat. It looks, God made it, so therefore, it must be okay. Now, can I remind everybody? This is what Thomas Cranmer said. The mind will justify. The mind will justify your decisions. Have you found that for yourself? And so Eve thinks, well, God's the one that created this fruit, and God created this serpent, so... You know, maybe this is a word from the Lord. How many of us have made that stupid mistake? Our appetites, our lusts interfered with the clear word of God. And so Eve takes the fruit 
and gives it to Adam. Adam has cause to pause. He thinks to himself, well, you know, this woman, Eve, was a gift from God. God gave Eve to me as my wife, and she's now the one that's given me the fruit. So therefore, this fruit that she's giving me to eat is really from God. And so he eats the fruit. Now, I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened. But I'm going to tell you something like that happened. There was some sort of justification in the mind to do something that was against the will of God. And that, my friends, is exactly what happens in every one of us. We make a wrong choice. We decide to make a wrong choice, and our mind justifies it. Why is that? Because your mind always follows your heart. And if your heart wants something bad enough, your mind's going to figure out a way to make it possible. And that's why we get into trouble. Now, here's what I know for sure. I know that God wants everybody here today to have a fantastic 2014. Would everybody say amen to that? God wants this coming year to be your best year ever. But here's what's got to happen. You've got to start hearing the voice of God, and you've got to start doing what he said. Noah did. Noah heard the voice of God, and he did what God said. Guess what happened? He not only saved his own life, but he saved the lives of his wife and his children. And not just the lives of his wife and children, but all of us are here today because Abraham, because Noah heard the voice of God and obeyed. I'm going to tell you something today, folks. If you want to do great things for God, if you want your life to count, if you want your life to be significant, then you need to get into the habit of hearing the voice of God and doing what he says. Stop justifying your bad choices. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I've had a hard day at work, therefore I deserve to have a piece of pie. Not one, but two. And it's leftovers, and Gloria will throw it in the garbage anyways if I don't eat it. And there's a can of whipped cream here that's got to be used up, otherwise I'll have to throw it in the garbage, and God hates waste. And so three pieces of pumpkin pie later... Or was it four? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The mind will justify. The mind will justify whatever the heart wants. This is why your heart has to be aligned with God. And this is why you don't need another pep talk. This is why you don't need another locker room. Do this and do that. What you need, folks, is the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through you. And that's precisely what this verse says. For God is working in you, giving you the desire. Did you hear that? Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, not what pleases you. The lights are going on here. You need the power of God at work in you so that you desire what God desires for you, to please not yourself, but to please God. Now, here's the wonderful thing that happens. When you are seeking to please God, that is when you will experience your, the absolute greatest joy, the greatest happiness, the greatest peace in your life. But when you seek to satisfy yourself, that's when you are emptiest, so what you need is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
There's moments when, man, we feel so optimistic, so positive. We've heard Tony Robbins speak. We've heard Zig Ziglar speak. We've heard the great motivational speakers speak. Zig Ziglar said, your car can be the, call it the university of the car where you put your cassettes in or your, your CDs and you listen to the great motivational talks to help you achieve what, what you want to achieve. And I'm telling you, what you need is the motivation of the Holy Spirit at work in you. And the Bible is clear, friends. When you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you received this Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he would send the Holy Spirit who would lead us into all truth. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears from me. He will tell you things to come. Now listen to me. Every one of us here today can experience and know the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, leading us, guiding us every day. Moment by moment. But what you gotta do is say, God, what are, you, what are you saying to me today? What do you want me to do today? You know, I, I'm a Pentecostal, which means I speak in tongues, enjoy speaking in tongues, enjoy my prayer language, enjoy being alone with God. But some people have this notion that to be Pentecostal means that there's only ever just ecstatic experiences. Can I tell you what I read in my Bible? The evidence that the Spirit of God is dwelling in you is not that you speak in tongues or have spiritual gifts or can do a dance on Sunday. The evidence is that there is fruit in your life. We call it the fruit of the Spirit. This is the evidence that the Spirit of God is working in you and through you. So what you and I need It's not just the gifts of the Spirit. We need the fruit of the Spirit. We need the Spirit working in us so that we desire what God desires. Do you know that every every single move I've ever made in ministry, every single move I've made in my life as a Christian, let me just qualify that. Every single successful move I've ever made in my life has been from listening to the voice of the Spirit. Every time I've made a mistake, every time I've messed up, every time I've got myself into trouble, it's because I was listening to my own voice. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? When it came time for me to choose a wife, I have to be careful what I say because Gloria's parents are sitting here now. (laughs) I don't have to really be careful. I decided I was going to take a weekend to pray and to fast. You've heard me tell this story. And I closed the blinds and made sure there was no food in my fridge to tempt me. And there really wasn't too much in my fridge anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. I was a bachelor. I got my prayer stool out, got on my knees, and no sooner did I hit the, hit the, the carpet ready to pray, and God spoke to my heart and told me who it was that I was going to marry. And it was Gloria. And so I got up and I said, God, I've got a whole weekend here to pray and fast. But you spoke to me so fast that I don't have to do any praying. I don't have to do any fasting. So I opened the drapes, got my car, and went to McDonald's. It was wonderful. (laughs) 
That was the best burger I ever had because I knew what was to follow the burger. <laughs> and because I listened to the, to the voice of God and listened to what God was speaking into my heart, that's what brought me, has brought me the greatest joy in my life, aside from being a Christian. This building you're sitting in right now, this is not the building that I came to when I started to, started to pastor this church. Went to a building over on Elgin Avenue. Some of you know about it. And there's a small group of people. One day I realized that we're not going to be able to grow in that facility. So I began to pray and said, God, show me what you want. And God said, get in your car and go for a drive through the neighborhood. Started driving through the neighborhood. Noticed that there was a big sign up in front of the building. Some of you may remember it was called a byway. Anybody know that? Some of you remember when it was a Safeway. It was a byway and God said, that's it. That's the, that's the building. That's what I want you to have. So I began to pray, and I began to fast, and I began to inquire, and I phoned. And some of you remember this. I phoned, and I said to, I said to Safeway, see, your building's up for sale. And they said, yeah, 850000 I said, oh, is that all? <laughs> I began to pray. And then word came that... Uh, Salvation Army was going to take this over and turn it into a closed store. And I, I said, God, did I not hear from you? God just said, keep praying, just keep praying. I just kept on praying, kept, kept fasting, fasting my lunch hours, just spending that time in prayer and looking for God's will. And it came back on the market again. And I can tell you, folks, I had chills up and down my spine. So I called them and I said, how much now? <laughs> Finally got down to 550000 They They wanted to get this off their hands. Well, turns out that Marilyn Wedlake, some of you may know, started coming to our church. And she was actually the personal assistant to the lawyer of Safewave Canada. You see where I'm going with this. And she's got connections. Now, it's been some years since she worked there, but she still remembered all the old gang. And so she got on the phone and talked to the lawyer in Calgary now, because the, Cal the, the lawyer for Safeway Canada is no longer here in Winnipeg at Aikens Macaulay Thorvaldson. Now, lawyers in Calgary. And Marilyn starts talking and tells them who we are, what we want. And the guy says, well, just put in an offer. Who knows? So we did. We figured out we could get 150000 for our property on Elgin. And then we would just ask Safeway for a donation of 400000 <laughs> And then we figured with that, their 400000 and our 150000 we could actually buy their building from them. And so we submitted the, the offer. I'm going to tell you, our real estate agent, it wasn't our, it was their real estate agent. He was furious. He thought we were really messing around. And, you know, he was, you know, talking about due diligence, Dennis, you know, that kind of stuff. And... And like, don't, you shouldn't be playing around. This is not a game. And who do you think you are? And stop, you know, stop wasting my time. And a real, a real attitude. I won't mention the guy's name. Still in business. Still see his name from time to time and smile. <laughs> and pray for him. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, we submitted the offer. And uh, Safeway said, okay. We said, pardon? <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to do it. And so we, it was the biggest 
Biggest receipt I'd ever written for $400,000. But we got our building. And it was interesting because I thought that when, they, when I got the word, yes, you're going to get the building, I thought that I would be like jumping up and down for joy. It would be so exciting. But guess what, folks? I didn't because I already knew we were going to get it because God spoke it into my heart. It was like, okay, now we can get on with this. It was like, people around me are like, aren't you going to celebrate this? Oh, yeah, I guess we should celebrate, really, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should. And so we, we had a meeting on a Sunday night. We got everybody with their lawn chairs. I was standing over there, and the lawn chairs were set up over here, and big glass windows across the front. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. What would happen if I hadn't listened to the voice of God? What would happen if I had not been obedient? What would happen had I not done what God wanted me to do? I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart right now. Because some of you, God's been speaking to your heart. He's wanting to do some miracles in your life, and he wants to do some miracles through your life. But you haven't been listening. Your heart has not been aligned with the heart of God. Your mind has not been aligned with the mind of God. God wants to use you to do some great miracles. Anybody ever heard of Abraham? He heard the voice of God. He believed God. He went to a strange land. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was doing. All he knew is that he was going in the direction that God wanted him to go in. And God ended up using him to become the father of many nations. But more importantly, used Abraham. Used his line as the line of the Messiah. It was through Abraham's line that Jesus came to us. Listen to me, folks. I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart and to thrill you with the possibilities. When God's people get in line with God's purpose and plan, miracles begin to happen. Some of you need a miracle in your marriage. Some of you need a miracle in your family, in your workplace. Your children, your grandchildren, there's people around you that need a touch from God. And what you don't know is that you are the answer to their prayer. God wants to use you. What you need and I need to do is we need to learn what it means to hear the voice of God and to be moved by the Spirit of God in the direction that he's driving us. God gave me my word when I was looking in the first chapter of that book in Barnes & Noble, one word that will change your life. That's why I said, scrap the New Year's resolutions, they don't work. 80% of New Year's resolutions are they're given up by Valentine's Day. But one word, one focus, hearing what God wants for you, for your life, for 2014, for now. My word, I knew it instantly, was health, H-E-A-L-T-H, which is kind of ironic coming from me on a morning like this when I can hardly speak. <laughs> health. I'm not going to get into all the reasons why health is my word, but I'm going to ask you what your word is. For some of you, you already know what your word is. The Spirit of God's been speaking to you as I've been speaking. You've, the words are, anybody like that? This one, just wave at me if the word has come to you already. Yes, 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 a few words. Same thing happened in the first service. Before I was even done speaking, there's about, there's about 20% already had the word that God wanted them for the year. You see, this is what's exciting about our Christian 
faith, what's exciting about our walk with God, is that God still speaks. And God has a word for you today, a word that will get you focused and will get you through 2014. The question is this, what is that word going to be? I know this, God's still in the business of speaking. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us. What's he saying to you today? What's his word? I had one person tell me that their word would be purity. Mine is health. One of my friends at the Bible college, one of the professors, he told me his word, because I told him about it. He told me his word would be relationships. For some of you, it will be marriage. Your marriage, you need to work on your marriage. You focus on your marriage this year. This is the most important thing in your life. For some of you, it will be your children. For some of you, you've had a hard time believing God and trusting God. And for you, your word's going to be faith. You need to trust him. You need to take that step of faith. Do the things that God's calling you to do. Uncomfortable as it is, you need to do what he's calling you to do. For some of you, I had one, one, one of my elders say to me, Pastor, I know what my word is. He, says, he said to me, uh, it's a big word. It's says maybe an overused word, but I know it's the word for me. And I said, well, what's your word? He said, it's going to be love. Love has got to be my word. And I know his situation, and I know, I know what he's talking about. I know why he's, that's his word. For some, one, one of the staff said to me, his word is quiet. He used to be quiet, quiet before God, quiet before others. What's your word going to be? What's God speaking into your heart, whispering to your heart right now? Here's what I know. I know that God will give you a word today. And then I know that the Holy Spirit will help you. As every day you begin to live that day, with that focus. Since I chose my word, I'll tell you, I've been to the doctor. That's actually a big thing, because most men do not like going to the doctor. Would, ladies, would you agree with that? We'd, yeah, yes, yes, yes. We don't like going to the doctor, but I, I, I went. And got, got a few things sorted out with my doctor. A few things I needed to do. I'm on, my, I'm on my way. And now guess what? I go to that fridge to eat those three pieces of pie and I get the word health thrown at me. The Spirit of God speaking to me. That's what God wants to do with you. Every moment, moment by moment, you're going to be making decisions. And the Spirit of God's going to be there. He's going to throw that word at you. You're going to make decisions on how you're going to spend your money. I'm going to spend your time. And that word's going to come to you. You're going to open your mouth and you're going to be about to say certain things to your wife or to your children or your friends. And your word's going to come to mind. That's the Holy Spirit, friends. It's the Holy Spirit. You're going to be driving your car along. Your word's going to come to mind. Your word will become the focus. It'll be God speaking to you. And God helping you align your will with his will. Now, 
For some of you, your word will not come to you today, but you're going to go into prayer this week, and God's going to show you what your word needs to be. But here's what I do know. I I know that God loves you, and he wants you to enjoy a blessed and happy life. But it's only going to happen with you, when your heart and your mind are aligned with the mind and the heart of God. Would you stand with me, please? Let's pray. Father, we're reminded in your word today that you are working in us by your spirit, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases you. As we start 2014, help us to understand it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about pleasing you. And every time that we please you, every time that we do what you want us to do, we experience a power from heaven working in us. And more than that, but we experience a peace and a contentment, a strength, a joy. Some of us have entered the 2014 just so unhappy, so lacking in peace, so distressed, uncomfortable, cranky, miserable. We don't even know why. But today, God, you're speaking and you're showing us that the reason we feel the way we do is simply because our hearts and our minds are not aligned with the heart and the mind of God. So, Father, we pray right now, help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear that word. And then, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would enable us to enjoy the success that you would have us to enjoy in that area. We thank you, God, for your strength and your help. In Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me. Now tell that person beside you, go hear the voice of God.